Welcome to the Recent Speeches podcast presented by BYU Speeches, featuring inspiring new devotionals and forums given each week on BYU campus. Be sure to check out our other podcasts by searching BYU Speeches wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting speeches.byu.edu slash podcasts. What a marvelous choir. What a beautiful orchestra. What an amazing congregation. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Glorious stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Merry Christmas, my fellow disciples. Thank you for who you are and the goodness of your lives. Thank you for choosing to believe in Jesus Christ and to follow him. Thank you for trusting in the divine gift of our Savior and Redeemer. I want to thank President Worthen for his introduction and President Sister Worthen for their many years of devoted service. I also thank Elder and Sister Gilbert for joining us. You may not be familiar with the Church Commissioner of Education. Under the direction of the First Presidency in the Quorum of the Twelve, he directs the work of church education from the universities to the institutes and the seminaries. Elder Gilbert is a General Authority 70 who has served as president of BYU Pathways and BYU-Idaho. I'm so grateful to have my wife Kathy here with us. She has blessed my life more than any other person on earth since those days at BYU, and I love her with all my heart. I treasure the day I met her here at BYU. I have asked her to help me with a small part of my message. Let's turn our attention to the Savior. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life and the light of men. And we saw Him, even on the right hand of God, And we heard the voice bearing record that he is the only begotten of the Father. That by him and through him and of him the worlds are and were created. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day 
in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Thank you very, very much. How wonderful to be together today and celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. With you, I witness that he is the Son of God. He declared, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Nothing could be more true. Let us always be valiant in the simple faith that he is who we claim him to be, the creator, the long-awaited Messiah, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, our Savior and our Redeemer. Now, in your mind's eye, I want you to imagine a hypothetical conversation you might have beyond the veil after you have graduated from your mortality. While we know few details about the next life, the prophet Joseph Smith taught that in the eternities, the same sociality which exists among us here will exist among us there. I would hope that this world, this would include our interactions with others in the spirit world. We know that there are those who have died in their sins without a knowledge of the truth, who have lived at different times during the earth's history, and who have not had the light of the gospel. Many of them will receive the gospel when it's taught to them and will join those who are who here on the earth were valiant in the testimony of Jesus. Now, picture in your mind's eye an imaginary future conversation between you and a small group of the faithful. You lived in the 21st century, but all others in this conversation lived on the earth in other centuries, in various conditions and circumstances. They lived with no knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ and their mortality. But since being in the spirit world, they have been taught repented as needed, and received the gospel. You are talking to each other about your experiences in mortality. Their attention turns to you. They are intrigued by your life. They begin, how remarkable that you lived in the 21st century when the restored gospel was upon the earth. Then they ask, Where were you during the worldwide pandemic of 2021? I was at BYU, you respond. You were at the Lord's University? How amazing. They marvel at how blessed you were, perhaps asking what it was like to live with thousands of disciples of Jesus Christ, with hundreds of teachers grounded in the love of the Savior and brilliant in the learning of the world. They talk of your good fortune. While you accept that it was a beautiful time to be on earth, 
You try to put it into perspective. No matter what you think, you begin, it was not an easy time to follow Jesus Christ. There were distractions and commotion, confusion and seductive voices constantly trying to pull us from the truth. To emphasize your situation, do you describe some of what you were facing? For example, you say, on the Amazon marketplace, there were 354 million products available and 81,000 Alexa skills. There were 60 million songs to choose from on iTunes and 21,000 TV shows and 65,000 films. We were barraged, we were barraged by so many distractions and enticing invitations, it was difficult to keep our bearings. Just on the Apple App Store, there were more than 4.3 million apps and games. You point out that the entertainment often did not point toward unselfishness, but rather pushed toward indulging in one's own pleasures. You continue. Even though BYU was a very special place, we felt at times like Lehi's great and spacious building was sitting right on top of us. Do you remember the Savior's beautiful parable of the sower? You continue. We felt he was speaking about our world when he said, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word. Do you remember when John referred to the word as Jesus Christ? There were so many distractions, so many temptations, so much confusion and commotion, so many seductive voices all around us. We had to be vigilant to not let it choke the word, choke our faith in Jesus Christ and our determination to be valiant to him. What did you do? How did you survive, they ask. The more we hear about your mortality, the more concerned we become. You respond. One thing I remember was General Conference of 2021. The prophet of God, President Russell M. Nelson, pleaded with us. He even used the word plead. In his closing comments at General Conference, he said, I plead with you today to counter the lure of the world by making time for the Lord in your life each and every day. He warned us, if most of the information you get comes from social or other media, your ability to hear the whisperings of the Spirit will be diminished. He then added, even saints who are otherwise faithful can be derailed by the steady beat of Babylon's band. He reminded us that nothing invites the Spirit more than fixing your focus on Jesus Christ. And he admonished us, talk of Christ, rejoice in Christ, feast upon the words of Christ, and press forward with steadfastness in Christ.
He then repeated, My brothers and sisters, I plead with you to make time for the Lord. Make your own spiritual foundation firm and able to stand the test of time by doing those things that allow the Holy Ghost to be with you always. And he gave us this beautiful promise. The Savior will lead and guide you in your personal life if you will make time for him in your life each and every day. It was a very important teaching from the Lord's prophet, and we at BYU did not ignore it. We intently followed his counsel and pushed aside so many of our distractions and the seductive voices. We did as the prophet recommended. We made time for the Lord each and every day. What did you do? Can you give us some examples? Well, we will have examples, but let's first pause our conversation and stand and sing with much enthusiasm, (laughs) O come, all ye faithful, because you are the faithful.
Brother C.J. Madsen is pretty special. Thank you very much. (laughs) That was wonderful. Thank you. Now back to the conversation. How did we make time for the Lord? Listen as we were interviewed by Brother Brad Wilcox, one of our favorite professors. (laughs) What are you doing every day to take time for the Lord? Ah, go pray and offer saying, Lord, this is everything I did today. Help me to be better tomorrow. Do you know why I'm talking to you? I do. Really? Have you seen the video? I did see the video. And I was thinking, is this going to, there's no way this happens to me, but here we are, (laughs) Brother Wilcox. (laughs) Here we are. I go exercising every day. And how does that draw you closer to the Lord? Sometimes while I'm just running, I literally feel his voice. I think it is because when we put time for the Lord is when we can actually feel more of His presence and those blessings in our lives. I'm making sure that I study the Book of Mormon every day, especially because nothing's brought me closer to the Savior than the Book of Mormon. Well, Bailey, your efforts are making me feel joy just listening to you. So thank you. (laughs) Um, I've recently started setting aside time every day to study and memorize the Living Christ document. Wow. I've been working on putting down my phone because I find like I'm always on my phone, like in line or like in class. I just put on my phone. I say hi to people and try to have just meaningful conversations. How often have you heard a prophet say, I plead with you? Um, Not very often. And I think that adds a lot of emphasis on what he wants us to do. So uh, we actually talked about this yesterday, but something... Where did you talk about it? In my my English 212 class. That is so cool. That's what President... That's what Elder Anderson wanted. He wanted classes to talk about it. So... What did, you, what did you talk about? What are you doing? The goal that I have is to have a significant spiritual experience, at least one every day. Um, I take time to the, for the Lord through listening to music. Mm, love that. Um, goal setting. Do you want more? Oh, well, no, I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer, though. <laughs> Going to the temple each week. Nice. She stole mine. But... <laughs> I listen to hymns on the bus. Mm. Um, I just... Talk with my family. <laughs> Your, where's your family? In Taiwan. So guess where we are? President Worthen's office. We're right here. We're going to ask him how he's taken time for the Lord. Well, it's fairly simple. I make sure the first thing I do every morning is scripture study and prayer. I don't even look at my phone before I start scripture study and prayer. It literally is the first thing. I don't want to know about text. I don't want to know about email. I don't want to know about social media. I want to get grounded in my relationship with Christ. And then after that, I'll look at those messages. And sometimes I get back on my knees and pray again. <laughs> once so, you know what the day once holds, I know what the day holds. Then it's like, okay, now I need another prayer. <laughs> exactly. But, but I want to anchor myself in the Savior first. It's like, it's really helped with personal revelation. At the start of the semester, I didn't know if I wanted to go on a mission, and now I'm planning on going, which is like such a huge thing. Hey, you look great. This tells me you're in men's chorus. If I were a rich man, how am I doing? Am I doing good? You're doing great. Honestly, since I've been back from my mission, I got home in March. Um, It's been super hard. Like, I haven't been putting in the time to just do daily scripture study and prayer. What are you doing about it? And so, yeah, since General Conference, um, the thing I'm trying to do is just try to get back on the horse of just um, regular scripture study and prayer. I feel like I've been a lot more open up to Revelation and uh, just just taking that extra time in the morning before the rest of my day starts, then it's like in my head and everything. And then it's like I feel energized, like both spiritually and physically. So where have you been called? 
at Temple Square, actually. Oh, you are going <laughs> to love that. Yeah. Whoa, look who I found here. I take time for the Lord, even through my busy schedule. I always make sure to um, get on my knees and pray. I take time for the Lord every day by making time for others. Now, Cosmo, how are you taking time for the Lord? Yeah! Oh, awesome, great book. Hey, let's see a cheer, let's see a cheer. Vivian, President Nelson said, I plead with you. I plead with you. What does that mean when a prophet says those words? So, I mean, personally for me, it's more like he can see perhaps what's coming. Uh, So he wants to make sure we understand how serious this is at this time in our life. The idea is not just making time to make time. It's making time so that we can we can have an effect and have a change in our life. And it hasn't been an easy year. And I don't think that the life is going to get any easier with the current trends of the world. When you turn your life to Christ, right? It's a plan of happiness. You tend to be more happy. So wonderful. Yep. In the morning, I um, before I reply to anyone in text or before I respond to any messages, I try to talk to God first. So I pray first thing. Good. Some people call that knee mail instead of email. (laughs) From what I've seen lately in the world, kindness is becoming kind of a commodity um, that is hard to find. And as we're turning to the Savior, we can we can have that be more of an instinct. I think it's because Christmas is all about like the birth of Christ. Like we celebrate, we celebrate him and what all of the things he's done for us. And as we take time to remember more of the savior, we kind of start to emulate him more. We want to be more like him. So one thing I'm trying to do is even if I can't get an appointment for the temple that week, I try to study it on my own so that I can build my foundation more in the temple and more in Christ. So I take time to go to the temple weekly. How do you even get the appointments to go to the temple weekly? <laughs> I set a, an alarm at 11.58 p.m. the day before the new month, so that way I can set up appointments, and I use the <laughs> Provo City Center and the Provo Temple. <laughs> Christmas is all about Christ and um, Christ's relationship with Heavenly Father and Heavenly Father sending him down to earth to be our Savior. So the more that we connect with them, the more powerful we, uh, the more powerfully we connect with the whole purpose for Christmas. And so like during Christmas time, we have a lot of opportunities for service, I feel like, and that, that's what really connects me to Christ and helps me to feel more joy. Beautiful. Thank you, Brother Wilcox. You could go into movies. You're good. <laughs> I want to thank all of you who have consciously responded to President Nelson's appeal to make time for the Lord in your life each and every day. This is a pattern that will strengthen your spiritual foundation, not only at Christmas time, but during all of your life. What do we learn from these disciples of Christ in the video? We learn that in our world of distractions, complexities, and temptations, where we have influences pulling us in every direction, we take responsibility for the person we want to become. Desiring to be a lifelong disciple of Jesus Christ is very important to each of us. And to chart our course, we make time for the Lord each and every day. 
We make prayer a part of each day. We nurture our spirits with the word of the Lord in the scriptures. We find more time for the holy temple, the house of the Lord. We curb some of our social media. Did you note President Worthen's pattern in the morning before he looks at his phone or emails? Let us prepare ourselves each day so the Lord can direct us in helping those who need our attention and our love. Christmas time is a wonderful time to solidify the habits we seek for all of our lives. For those willing to do their very best to make time for the Lord each and every day, the promises of President Nelson will be fulfilled. Furthermore, I bless you as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, that as you shape your daily habits to include the Lord, you will feel the Savior's love and approval. I bless you that as you increase your efforts from now through Christmas, the desire to continue these habits beyond Christmas will stay with you, and your progress as one of the Savior's disciples will grow. I will conclude my testimony with my testimony of the Savior. Then I would ask that we all stand and sing with this magnificent choir, Angels We Have Heard on High. Please remain standing after the singing as the closing prayer is offered by our grandson, Christian Hadlock. I love to speak about the Savior. It was He, under the direction of the Father, who created this world for us. He separated the light from the darkness, the water from the land. It was he who brought order and beauty, the plants and the animals. It was this creator who answered the call of our Father with words full of love and humility. Here am I, send me. Father, thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. What gratitude we must have felt in realizing that he, who was the only begotten of the Father, who was the beloved and chosen from the beginning, was willing to fulfill our Heavenly Father's eternal plan of salvation for us. Think of the heavenly hosts who, in the meridian of time, anticipated the beginning of our Savior's life on earth. Lift up your head and be of good cheer, he said to Nephi, the day before his birth, for behold, the time is at hand, and on this night shall the sign be given, and on the morrow come I into the world. And thus he who was the greatest came to earth. Without honor or applause, he showed us how to live. He taught us to become as a child, to reach beyond this world to our Father for help. He taught us to discipline ourselves, to be concerned not only with our acts but with our thoughts. He taught us how to love. He taught us to strive to become even as he is. His example was but a part of his gift to us. As he anticipated the approaching atonement, Jesus acknowledged, For this cause came I into the world. In Gethsemane and on Golgotha he suffered both body and spirit, that caused him, even God, the greatest of all, to tremble because of pain. Yet he did not shrink, 
but offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins and took upon himself our pains and sicknesses. He bore our sins that his mercy might save us, and he bore our sicknesses that he might reach out to us in our difficulties. The lamb without blemish descended below all things. Then on the third day, following his crucifixion, he rose from the tomb, as has been said many times before, without Easter there would be no Christmas. But because he rose from the tomb, we joyfully celebrate his miraculous birth. Merry Christmas to you, my fellow disciples. I testify that he lives. He is resurrected. He is our Savior and Redeemer. He guides the work of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He bids us to come unto him that we, he might heal us and prepare us for the eternity that awaits us. As we celebrate this season of Christmas, I pray that we will make time for him each and every day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You've been listening to the Recent Speeches podcast presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts, including classic speeches taken from our vast audio library, as well as other BYU Speeches compilations on love and marriage, overcoming adversity, by study and by faith. Come follow me, the prophet Joseph Smith, and Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer. Go to speeches.byu.edu and click on podcasts for more information. You can also find all BYU Speeches podcasts at your preferred podcast provider.